G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. It's a blessing to welcome along to the program, Ron Ross. How are you doing, brother? Good morning, sir. It's great to hear from you now. Lots happening in the Middle East. We're going to tackle a, a few subjects today. Firstly, Christians in their thousands are in Jerusalem, joyfully celebrating the Feast of Tabernacles. What's your take on that, mate? The Feast of Tabernacles in ancient Hebrew called Sukkot is a week-long holiday that takes place this week at the start of the Jewish calendar year. The holiday commemorates the miraculous shelter and protection of the clouds of glory over the people of Israel as they travelled from Egypt to the Holy Land. As God protected his chosen people during these times, the Jewish people celebrate and reaffirm their trust in his providence by building and dwelling in a sukkah, an outdoor hut of temporary construction with a roof covering of branches or leaves for the duration of the holiday. The whole idea of the sukkah is to identify that life is fragile and uh, our ultimate dependence is upon the Lord. This holiday was one of three occasions during biblical times that Jews from around the world would pilgrimage to Jerusalem for the festivities. Today, the Feast of Tabernacles celebrates in Jerusalem has become a magnet for tens of thousands of Christians from every continent. Uh, These Christians travel great distances to express their love for and solidarity with the Jewish people. During the visit to the Holy Land, these devoted Christians come to pray for peace in Jerusalem and extend their blessings to the state and people of Israel. It's truly a wonderful sight to see so many people from China, Japan, Germany, Russia, South Africa, Austria, Brazil, the United States, Australia, and other countries gathering in unity and happiness. I watched a great video uh, recently from the International Day of Prayer for Jerusalem, and I think it had Robbie Stearns there. And yeah, no, no, Robbie well. Yep, they were all worshipping and singing, and they had uh, you know different people from around the world. Isn't it great to see different nationalities joining together, yeah, worshipping? It's interesting too, Matt, that in addition to celebrating with the Jewish people, the founders and CEOs of world-renowned Christian media outlets will gather in Israel for the Christian Media Summit. Mm. They will have a dialogue on key topics relevant to Israel and the Christian world. The Christian support of Israel and the Jewish people knows no bounds Mm. and is increasing worldwide. Wow, so good to see uh, so many people standing together with Israel. Now, in other news, over 60,000 people have been displaced in Syrian Kurdistan by Turkish invasion. It's all over the news. Uh, What's your take on that, mate? Well, I've updated that story and and the I've had tremendous exchange uh, from the Middle East over this particular issue. Uh, People taking both sides, whether Trump's right or whether Trump's wrong, uh, and the continual uh, warfare between the Kurds and the Turks, uh, a battle that's been going on for over 200 years. Uh, And uh, it's interesting to see that Trump has now taken serious action. Uh, President Trump said yesterday 
that he will soon issue an executive order authorising the imposition of sanctions against current and former officials of the government of Turkey and any persons contributing to Turkey's destabilising actions in the northeast Syria. He added that steel tariffs will be increased up to 50%, the level prior to the reduction in May. The United States will also immediately stop negotiations being led by the Department of Commerce with respect to a $100 billion trade deal with Turkey. He said the executive order will enable the United States to impose powerful additional sanctions on those who may be involved in serious human rights abuses, obstructing a ceasefire, preventing displaced persons from returning home, forcibly repatriating refugees, or threatening the peace, security, or stability in Syria. It's a crisis situation, and uh, I saw that Republican Senator Lindsey Graham said that he discussed with the Speaker of the House, Nancy Pelosi, a bipartisan legislation to impose sanctions on Turkey. He said, I just spoke with Speaker Pelosi regarding congressional action on Turkey's incursion of Syria. The Speaker supports bipartisan sanctions against Turkey's outrage. She also believes we should show support for Kurdish allies and is concerned about the re-emergence of ISIS. This is a very critical situation in Syria right now. And, you know, many that watch uh, Bible prophecy, uh, there's been people talking about Gog and Magog and the Battle of Armageddon and where does this fit on the prophetic calendar, you know? Um, Whether it's happening or it's not happening now, either way, it's going to happen one day and we need to just keep praying for, particularly for our Christian brothers and sisters in the Middle East as well. Well, I was talking with a journalist, a Christian journalist from Jerusalem uh, overnight and he said ultimately when you look at the chaos... Uh, what's going on is in the Lord's hands, mm. and we don't put our faith in uh, America or Trump. We put our faith in the Lord. Absolutely. Well said. Uh, and with all the political instability in the Middle East, uh, when you look at Israel too, it's interesting that the, the Israeli president is not expected to give Benjamin Netanyahu an extension to form government. So uh, there's so much more turmoil going on there. What's, your, what's the latest on that? weeks ago I predicted that there'd be a third election. It looks like it's heading that way. Reuben Rivlin is not expected to grant Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu an extension to form a majority government and will likely pass the mandate on to Blue and White leader Benny Gatz. Netanyahu has until October 24th to cobble together a majority coalition. If he fails and the mandate is passed to Gatz, the Blue and White leader will have 28 days until November 21 to form a government. If his attempts are to fail as well, there would then be a three-week period in which any Knesset member can attempt to form the government. It's a, it's a strange world. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> in the first round of elections in April, Rivlin used his option to extend Netanyahu's mandate by 14 days, but I think in the midst of it all, it'll end up going to another election. Mm-hmm. Well, I am a big fan of Benjamin Netanyahu, and I'm, I keep praying for him as the the Prime Minister. Um, let's uh, let's hope that uh, uh, this will get sorted out soon. Yeah. Uh, in other news, Vladimir Putin has offered to help ease tensions in the Gulf. What's the latest there? Yeah, Russia can play a positive role in easing tensions in the Gulf following a spate of attacks in the region. 
President Vladimir Putin said in comments in a visit to Saudi Arabia yesterday. He cited good Russian ties with Gulf Arab states and Iran in an interview with Arab broadcasters, but said he had no reliable information about who was behind attacks on Saudi oil facilities September 14. Yemen's Houthi movement said it was behind the drone and missile strikes, but Rihad and Washington blamed Tehran. The attack exposed big gaps in Saudi air defences, prompting the United States to send around 3,000 more troops to the kingdom. It's wrong to determine who is guilty before it's known reliably and clearly who's behind the act, Putin said. Putin arrived in Saudi Arabia early this week and uh, had talks with King Salman and Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman before leaving for the United Arab Emirates. In other news, uh, Gal Gadot, is that how you say her name, the, the, the yeah. lady that was Wonder Woman? <clears throat> yeah, that's her. Gal Gadot, she was, uh, uh, she was in Wonder Woman. I know my, my daughter has a poster of her and she you know, wants to be her one day, wants to be Wonder Woman one day. But she's starring in a film about a nun who saved Jewish children during the Holocaust. She's a great Jewish actress, isn't she? Yeah, well, uh, Gal Gadot actually came out of the uh, Israeli army. Oh, uh, and she was a very, very powerful soldier, uh, very athletic and very strong. And she's a, a legend in Israel. Mm. But Israeli actress Gal Gadot will be co-producing and starring in a film about a Polish nun who saved thousands of Jewish children during the Holocaust. Gadot, who, as you say, found fame in Wonder Woman, will star as heroine Irina Sendler in the film of the same name. She said, as producers, we want to help bring stories that inspired us to life. We will create content that promotes the perspectives and experiences of unique people and produce impactful stories aimed at igniting the imagination. Irene Sendler was a Catholic nun and a friend of the Polish resistance. During the war, she used forged documents to smuggle Jewish children out of the hands of the Nazis. Just interesting to see uh, a famous Jewish actress playing a Christian nun in this movie. Mm, isn't that wonderful to see? And reminds me of other films like Schindler's List and The Hiding Place with Corrie ten Boom and, you know, so many amazing <clears throat> stories coming out of that era. Let's, let's hope this one does have a big impact among the nations. Well, we pray for Christians in the Middle East, in Egypt, Friends fear family may have killed an ex-teacher of Islam after he became a Christian. Uh, tell us a bit about this. Yeah, I think this is an important story to remind us to pray. Uh, there are many persecuted Christians in the world, but friends of a 40-year-old Egyptian who converted from Islam to Christianity believe that his premature death on the 4th of October is linked to numerous threats he received from his family that they would kill him for his change of faith. Before Amir Hussein Mohammed al-Sayed died, apparently by electrocution at his home, he told several friends that his uncle had, in July, reported him twice to the Alexandria Police Security Directorate for his apostasy. He also told his friends that when he tried to talk to his wife about his newfound faith, she told their family, prompting them to constantly taunt and insult him. One friend told World Watch Monitor, Amir told me recently that his family threatened to kill him. Suspicious circumstances surround El Sayed's death, 
a source at the local hospital in Morumbeck, who personally saw his body, says that despite the presence of police close by at all time, he was able to see that there were blue bruises around the neck and on the face, which appeared to be incompatible with the hospital's cause of death, electrocution. In addition, the source reports that the body was not given the ritual washing before burial, customary for every Middle East funeral, Muslim or Christian. Finally, the family did not hold a funeral for him. Instead, El Say was buried in a charity cemetery for the poor. He'd left a job teaching Islamic studies to primary school-aged children at Alexandria's Al-Azhar Institute in March, and he became a Christian watching uh, TV programs that was about the faith. Well, you know, it is so important that we keep praying for persecuted believers in Egypt, in North Korea, in China, all around the world, all around the Middle East. And uh, I know that the uh, International Day of Prayer for the Persecuted Church is coming up on Sunday, November 3. And uh, lots of churches around the world will be praying for persecuted believers, something we need to keep doing. Hey, Ron, so good to uh, hear from you today. Thanks so much for your time. God bless. Thank you, Matt. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.